You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to your Tuesday episode of the Locked On Rams pod. We're continuing another strong week here, getting a little bit closer to the 2021 NFL Draft. Things are obviously starting to heat up a little bit. A lot of the player pre-draft meetings are coming in. We're starting to get a lot more mock drafts. A couple of more rounds in those mock drafts instead of just the first round. We're starting to see it become two, three, five, seven round mock drafts. So it's getting very fun. Things are starting to progress. Obviously, we're getting closer to the actual date of the draft. And that is obviously a very important section of the offseason for every NFL team. And that's why most of the episodes these days over the next three weeks or so are very much so going to be related to the draft. It's obviously such an important aspect and three-day event for every NFL team, not only in the immediate future, but moving forward down the line in two, three, five years. A lot of these selections, a lot of the choices, philosophies are going to dictate how well teams perform over the course of the next five, 10 years. And so that is one of the major reasons why today's episode, majority of it is going to be dedicated to an amazing piece that was written by The Athletic's Jordan Rodrigue. She wrote it over at The Athletic, and I believe it was just published yesterday, a tremendous piece detailing in depth pretty much the Rams strategy when it comes to the draft, how they've kind of changed and how they are the only team that's really done so this offseason. And then in the final segment, we're going to dive into an interesting piece written by Chad Reuter over at NFL.com, highlighting the two ideal top picks for every team going into the draft. So I wanted to start with that piece from Jordan first. This is a tremendous piece. If you guys have an athletic subscription, I highly suggest you go take the 10, 15 minutes that it's going to take to read. If you don't have a subscription, I highly suggest getting one. Even if you only get it to read this article, probably worth it because Jordan does a great job of breaking down why the Rams are doing things differently this offseason. And we've kind of talked about it here at the Locked On Rams pod. And you've sort of heard me mention how they're doing things a little bit differently. For example, they are the only team that's not going to these individual pro days, depending on whichever prospect you're talking about. They've been the only team that really hasn't traveled to any of them. They haven't went to any of these colleges. You look at the Alabama Pro Day, obviously the Alabama Crimson Tide have a lot of good football players, a tremendous college football program, going to put a lot of pros in the league every single year. This year is no different. The Rams were the only team that were not represented live there at Alabama to actually watch these guys work out. And that's been the case for every single college, every single player, every single team. And even going back to the Senior Bowl, they were one of the only teams, if not the only team that did not go to the Senior Bowl. And that kind of draws some interesting suspicions as to what the Rams are doing, why they're sort of going against the green here pretty much going against what they've done as a franchise and what every other franchise has done to this point over the last 50, 60, 70 years, and especially what they have done, because this is really the first season outside of last year with the whole COVID thing, where teams were forced to adjust, where they've sort of just completely went off the rails and did things their own way. And Jordan does a really good job of highlighting a lot of that in this article. Now, she talks about how the Rams are no longer all that interested in going to the combine, for example, and seeing these guys in traditional formats like, for example, running the 40-yard dash, not as important as some of the new figures and technology that have come into the college game and into the NFL game recently. For example, there's this thing called Zebra technology, which they have at the Senior Bowl, and I guess it's a little chip that's installed in the players' pads somewhere, 
and it records how fast they're moving throughout the actual practice. So a little bit better of a simulation in terms of what their actual game speed is as opposed to you know guys practicing for a 40-yard dash getting into a weird sprinter stance which they'll obviously never be in in an NFL game and all that kind of stuff and that was part of the reason why they actually drafted Van Jefferson over some of the other guys going back to last year's draft because he was actually the fastest player clocked at the senior bowl according to this zebra technology I think he hit like 21 and a half miles per hour on a punt gunner rep where I guess he was obviously running down the field to try and cover a punt. So very interesting there. You know, they're actually trying to find real world applications to how these guys perform on the field when it comes to their top end speed, because that's obviously going to be more applicable in the context of a guy that's actually playing as opposed to a guy in tights running a 40 yard dash using the technique of a sprinter to try and run as fast as they can. So I definitely like that kind of approach to it. They're simply just staying put in their actual facility right now. They didn't go to the Senior Bowl. They said getting the live tape and getting the tape sent to them right away has actually diminished a lot of the time, obviously spent traveling and things like that, booking all the travel, getting everything sorted out in that context has actually saved them a lot of time and actually dummied down a lot of the time that they've needed to put towards these things. So instead of actually taking three weeks, like Les Snead mentioned, to kind of unravel all of the stuff from the Senior Bowl, get through all the tape, get through all the players, it's taking them like a week now. So they're saving two weeks worth of all that time that's lost by way of travel and everything that results by actually traveling to these places. They can now spend better and you know actually go back and watch more tape, go back and watch tape from a couple seasons prior, get a better chance to actually evaluate the film. And I think that's very interesting. Now, I don't know if that insinuates that you know, certain teams don't actually have enough time to actually break down all of the tape or if the Rams are just doing it a little bit more efficiently and, you know, allowing their scouts to go look at other things, maybe a player's background with that save time or doing some experience digging or whatever the case may be. It's obviously better used somewhere else as opposed to sitting on a plane and not really being able to do anything or networking at the actual events. But, you know, there's always a give and take with these kind of things. They talked about in this article how, Certain speeds actually matter for different types and different styles of receivers. Sneed also mentioned in this article, you know, there's no combine, all the pro days, we share our data. That occurs every year in a system that's referred to as the APT system. Every club doesn't have to attend a pro day, but if a player at a subset school didn't go to the combine, we can still get the standard 40-yard dash, standard short shuttles, and all the data is shared. And obviously that's important because the data is going to be very important in terms of weeding out certain guys checking out the metrics in terms of which guys are going to be outliers if they do succeed in the NFL, which guys may be kind of knocked on your board for either being too small, too big, too slow, whatever the case is. And it's all always relative in terms of the context. And that's mentioned here in the article as well. One of the quotes says, does it matter whether a receiver runs a 4.48 or a 4.56? That was said by Jordan, the Rams' director of draft management. That's where you use the tape, the GPS, all the information and data you have on them. Does the 40 really and truly matter? No. So it's obviously very interesting to see just how the Rams actually use these stats in context. So they do mention Cooper Cup being a guy that's obviously a very good route runner and doesn't really use his top end speed to create separation, uses that short area quickness. And instead of actually caring so much about what the 40 yard dash means for a player like Cup, they look at different things. And obviously the short shuttle times, the three cone times, all that kind of stuff where you look at how agile a guy is, how quickly he can break down in and out of his routes. That's going to be far more important for a guy like Cooper Cup as opposed to a speedster, a vertical guy like Deshaun Jackson. 
In the next segment, we're going to continue diving into this piece and talk about how the Rams felt very well about Jordan Fuller dropping to them in the sixth round last year. Quite a surprise for the front office, but they were thrilled to see it, as well as some other last parting thoughts with this article. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing and bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. You just got to go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. We're going to continue diving into where we left off prior to the break, and that is covering this Jordan Rodrigue athletic article, highlighting how the Rams have sort of changed their process in terms of the offseason, scouting, the draft, their preparations for all of this stuff. And it's obviously very fascinating because the Rams are the only team that are really doing this right now, how they're doing it. They're not traveling to these pro days, like I mentioned in the first segment. The only team to actually utilize this strategy that kind of came about last year in the whole COVID year where every team had to do it. There was obviously many restrictions in terms of what teams could do prior to the draft and throughout the offseason working with their preparations for the draft. And sort of it hinted that the Rams actually did this in 2016 from their move when they went from St. Louis, obviously, to Los Angeles. They didn't really have a legitimate setup for the draft and scouting department. They didn't have all the technology necessary while they were going through that move, which was obviously at the conclusion of the 2016 season and prior to the kickoff of 2017. So they felt like that was the first time they sort of had a different process to actually evaluating some of these guys. And they realized that while they were obviously at some sort of disadvantage, that maybe there was some actual positives to not wasting all this traveling time and doing all that we talked about in the first segment. So that's sort of where these seeds kind of planted and started for this regime and Sneed and all of his guys and girls that work for the actual front office and the scouting department. So that's very fascinating there. But you look at this article and they mentioned a lot of interesting things that we're not even going to get to break down all of it, honestly. But at the end of the day, still very fascinating. Some of the other things that Sneed and some of these other front office members of the Rams mentioned here is the psychological aspect of it because teams obviously travel to the combine 10, 15, whatever deep in terms of how many guys or girls they're sending from their personnel department. And they have like these interviews with prospects and it's sort of like a speed dating type of thing where prospects will spend like 15 to 20 minute interviews with teams one after the next. And there's been a lot of info that's come out over the years of teams asking players some really weird questions like trying to get a deep dive into their psychological profile. I'm not really sure how that all works. I'm not a psychologist, so I can't really reference that. But it talks about in this article how the Rams don't really view that as something that's necessary, even though all these other teams are still doing it. They were happy to skip out on the combine. They obviously couldn't have done it last year or this year with no combine, but it sounds like they would have done that. And not only that, but they actually feel much more comfortable 
making these prospects more comfortable by way of Zoom interviews where they get a couple of hours with these guys instead of 10 or 20 minutes in a room kind of grilling them. They talk about how that sort of makes the player a little bit uneasy, uncomfortable. They're obviously media trained. They know which answers to give to certain questions and they don't really get a good feel for who the player actually is because of the high stress, high anxiety type of environment where they're meeting guys and these players are obviously on edge. It's sort of like a job interview where you know you don't feel like you could truly be yourself you feel uncomfortable you're kind of giving this fake barrage of who you actually are where the rams are trying to do it differently they're trying to get these prospects for these couple hour meetings instead at wherever they're most comfortable probably home i would assume the rams are obviously at home as well doing it sort of like a zoom conference style meeting and they feel like they get a better look in terms of who the actual player is in their most comfortable state where they can actually just relax and talk about who they actually are and sort of dig into some of those answers like that as opposed to being in a highly stressful and highly organized environment where they're going to give those media trained answers. So very interesting. A lot of different stuff here. They talked about so many aspects of how this is sort of changing, not the league necessarily, but how the Rams are going about it differently than everyone else. And ultimately, they really just make sure to drive home that the biggest important factor and the 90% of what a player evaluation should include is the game tape. And it's always the reoccurring theme throughout the article here. They mention it so many times. Jordan mentions it so many times about, you know, this is all great and we want to get to know these guys obviously as people. And that's at the end of the day, what you're doing is investing in people. And while that's all important, you know, getting to go to their schools and interview these guys and see how they work out in these pro days and how they run at the combine, how they move, how they test on an even playing field with some of these guys, like the combine, the senior bowl, you get to see them against the same competition, running the same drills in the same clothing, in the same environment, the same city, same stadium. Obviously that's important because now you have a legitimate basis for comparison between certain guys that, you know, you may not be able to compare when you look at a guy like Trey Lance Maybe he's not playing the best of teams at North Dakota State versus, you know, a Pat Sertan, a cornerback from Alabama. Well, he's playing in the SEC. He's going to have some damn good competition at wide receiver throughout the course of his career there. So it gets them an even playing field, and that stuff's important. But at the end of the day, Les Snead mentions it in this article. A couple of other front office members mentioned it in this article as well. 90% of that evaluation of a player is going to come down to the game tape the film, the stuff that we've seen for a year, two years, three years, four years for some guys, maybe even five years, depending on how old prospects are, that is always going to be the most important and underlying factor in terms of how we actually evaluate these players, what we think the projection is going into the NFL, what we like about these guys, what we don't like about these guys, and ultimately how they decide to stack up their draft picks, their draft boards, how these rankings and evaluations actually shake out. And that is obviously a good thing because at the end of the day, you can test as good as you want. You can speak as good as you want. But if you do not play the game well and you have two, three, four years worth of tape to know that somebody is either capable of playing or not capable of playing, that's always going to be the best factor to deciding whether or not someone can transition to the NFL level and play at that level. So they do a good job at actually minimizing all the wasted time throughout the offseason traveling and spending all that time booking traveling and all that kind of stuff going back and forth and they minimize it to a certain window highlighting the most key aspects of how are we going to get the best most efficient use of our time and how are we going to best actually view and evaluate these prospects and this is the 
strategy that they came up with. It's very fascinating. I don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to be fun to actually see the next year, two years, three years, five years, how these players pan out, how the Rams draft picks turn out, if they are actually any better than the league average, worse than the league average. Are they better at identifying actual players that go to the NFL level and have a better projection simply because they have more time to dig into the tape or what the case may be. It's going to be very fascinating to see this new tradition of how the Rams are going to go about it versus the time old tradition of how 31 other teams go about it currently and how every NFL franchise has gone about it for the last multiple decades. Coming up when we return, we're going to continue the draft talk and we're going to dive into the final piece here written by Chad Reuter, highlighting the ideal top two picks for every franchise going into the 2021 NFL draft. And while we've got you, make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the Locked on Rams podcast. We're going to continue our offseason coverage for the Los Angeles Rams all offseason long. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't even start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. They are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That is accurate. You heard me correctly. 20 years. That's two decades. We know there is no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with the strange COVID-related stuff that's going on, so make sure to try and support family-owned businesses as much as possible right now. If you are a do-it-yourselfer or you are a professional and you're just looking for reliably low prices, you should go check out Rock Auto. Just go to their website and check out all of their available parts. It's a never-ending list. And if your car needs it, they've probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. April 19th through the 26th, Listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I am your host, Sosa Cremendez, and I appreciate you guys for making it to the final segment of this episode. And we're going to dive into what I mentioned before the break. Chad Reuter of NFL.com, NFL Network, wrote an interesting piece highlighting the top two picks for every single NFL franchise going into the 2021 NFL Draft. And this is very fun because he actually picked two very unique names that I don't know if I've ever really seen anyone pair with the Rams going into this draft. You see a lot of these same names, Jameen Davis, Jabril Cox, looking at those inside linebacker, edge rusher positions, some wide receivers, some corners, Quinn Miners, obviously another very popular name, but Chad went with completely different names and two guys that I want to highlight, obviously, and take a deeper look at here with number 57th overall. He has Aaron Robinson, the cornerback out of UCF, Central Florida highlighted there. And with the round three pick, number 88 overall, Milton Williams, the defensive tackle out of Louisiana Tech. And that is a fascinating selection there of those two guys. He obviously mentions losing Troy Hill in free agency, should make finding a slot cornerback a top priority for the Rams. And obviously that's why Aaron Robinson, the cornerback is slotted in there. And then you talk about losing Michael Brockers to a trade to the Detroit Lions kind of opens up a defensive tackle spot. And that's why he has Milton Williams there. Now, taking a look at Robinson first, the corner, staying 6'1", 193 pounds, went to the senior bowl. I think he had a pretty good senior bowl. Now, I didn't particularly key in or zone in on him every snap or every rep. But you look at some of the PFF grades. I'm digging these up from the PFF draft guide. 
66.6 overall PFF grade this past season. That's kind of creepy. Three sixes. <laughs> Look at 2019, a lot better with an 84.8 overall PFF grade. Only allowed 296 receiving yards this past year, 310 the year before. Four touchdowns, no picks this past season. Two touchdowns allowed, three interceptions in 2019, and a 101 passer rating this past season, 63.8 in 2019. 66.9 in 2018. So clearly a guy that has played a lot of good football. He's an interesting bet here. I think probably at 6-1, a little bit too big to be a slot. You shouldn't necessarily say that. Obviously, it's hard to say without actually watching his tape, but probably measured in a little bit smaller than that. I would assume his school probably boosted that size a little bit, but you look at some of the pros and cons here. He's listed as, you know, he's got legit short area burst, especially for a taller corner has the want to play safety or in the box if a team needs him there. Quick to recognize routes. It's likely why he was put in the slot in the first place. So that's obviously good. Some of the negatives face very little in the way of NFL caliber receivers. Jumpy to get outside leverage instead of staying patient. Leaves free seam runs. Little slow to get on his horse on his transitions to vertical routes. He stacked a lot and almost exclusively slot over the course of his career despite having the size to play outside. So Clearly a guy that has a lot of slot experience. It's probably why Chad slotted him in here. No pun intended. For the Rams, losing Troy Hill obviously seems to be a good fit on the surface level. He's projected a second or third round pick, so clearly makes sense there again. I think cornerback is going to be a much higher priority on the Rams list here than probably most people do. So I would not be shocked at all if they do go with a guy like Robinson at the second round. And the second name that he mentioned, Milton Williams, the defensive tackle, I think is a very intriguing player. One of the more intriguing prospects in this draft, very polarizing, has some stuff to work on, obviously, but you look at his tape this last season, this was a guy who had a dominant year in 2020, a 90.8 overall PFF grade, six sacks, four hits, and 20 hurries as a pass rusher. Go back to 2019, 72.6 PFF grade. Seven sacks, 15 hits, and 13 hurries. Clearly a guy who is very, very productive. Stands 6'3", 284 at that defensive tackle spot. Very similar size to a Aaron Donald, a little bit taller, obviously. But he had a monstrous, monstrous pro day. His numbers at his pro day were absolutely amazing. Clearly a dominant, dominant athlete. A guy who could transition to the NFL and have a very successful career because of just that downright athleticism that a lot of defensive tackles just don't have. You look at some of the pros and cons, solid build, he's lean, power on contact was too much for the alignment in his conference, consistently sinks hips into blocks, remade his body over the college career, adding 25 pounds, couple nice pass rushing moves and uses Euro step to set up guards. Some of the cons, one year wonder, only one year of quality grading and didn't have too refined pass rushing. Often all he needed was pure strength and undersized with only one year of experience, like we mentioned, but clearly a guy that's graded out very well. You look at the actual numbers, a 6.873 cone is just absurd for defensive tackle. That is a number that would be dominant for an edge rusher. A 6.87 for a defensive tackle is in a hundredth percentile of three cone runners. So tells you just about how athletic he is. You look at the 40 yard dash, a 4.62 99th percentile for D tackles. 34 reps on the bench, 91st percentile, 4.25 short shuttle, 98th percentile, vertical jump, 39 inches, 99th percentile, broad jump, 121 inches, 97th percentile. This guy is a legitimate freak. I would not be shocked to hear people talk about that Aaron Donald comparison. Probably not fair to him. 
Aaron Donald is one of a kind. I don't think anyone's ever going to be that dominant. But when you look at a guy that has so much ability in terms of his athleticism, has some of the productivity over the course of his college career, specifically this past season, and projects well going into the NFL, I love this pick. I think you could slide him in behind guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines, Ashawn Robinson. Those are the guys you want playing early downs stuffing the run and when it comes to those passing downs you take some of those guys off the field in favor of guys like Aaron Donald Milton Williams having those two guys next to each other both lined up at three tech I think would be an absolute nightmare for opposing offensive lines so really like these two picks by Chad and I would not be surprised at all if the Rams do decide to go with a cornerback early and a defensive lineman at some point early in the draft too that is all we got for you guys on this Tuesday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you for making it to the end of the pod. And again, just make sure to keep checking back in with us over the course of the next few weeks. We're going to keep diving into draft content Monday through Friday, publishing episodes here every single day. And you can find me on Twitter at QB's MVP, or you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.